Football systems check. Microphone. Check. Record enabled. Kate. Check. Michelle. Check. All systems go. I repeat, all systems go. We got a problem. We got a Copy. We have ball blast. I repeat, we have ball blast. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. You know, you're kind of the talk of the town. Oh, this is going to be good. I'm Michelle Maju. And I'm Kate Maju. And we're married to each other. And this is the Ball Blast NFL Podcast. Each episode, we will feature the latest top news in the NFL and what it means for fantasy football, sports betting, and you, the NFL fan. Happy Wednesday, everybody. We are back. We took a little break. We're back now. We have a lot of energy. It's free agency. Like, that flew by. End of season and then, boop, free agency. But I am energized. What about you, Kate? Boop is actually the noise, uh, if you guys are unfamiliar, of me getting super excited for actual live NFL news. I Every time I get excited, um, you'll hear a little boop, and that's – that's me. But Michelle, we're back. We're podcasting. It feels so good to be back. And this is the best time of year because anything is possible. Uh, literally anything is possible. Except for the Steelers signing anybody of relevance. Oh, yeah. That's no. never happening. Never happening. And all the cool players are off the board. So it's totally fine. We're fine over here. <laughs> but you know who's not fine? And you know who's been radio silent here in free agency? Like... I feel like the biggest news item still through two days is the total and complete lack of news with Lamar Jackson. We're two days in to the legal tampering period. Free agency opens up tomorrow, and there's still radio silence on Lamar Jackson. To what be is fair, happening? There's not radio silence today. Did you see Lamar's Twitter? No. He There was news that dropped that said – I, I'm going to be just kind of off base here. I'm kind of just going from memory. But that he declined a $200 million guaranteed contract, right? That was the news Ooh. out there. He retweeted that with laughing faces or something along that line. And then he wrote back saying three-year, $133 million guaranteed, but I need an agent with laughing faces, which I don't really understand because – a, if you're not getting the contract you need, maybe you do need an agent. But also, like, three years, 133 is too little of a contract for him for sure for, like, the length of it. But that is still over $40 million a year, in, and then it would all be guaranteed. So I don't know if that's a, a contract to laugh at. Daniel Jones got $40 million well, it's, a it's year. It's more than 40 and it's all guaranteed. Every single dime of it would have been guaranteed. So that's I mean, very different than Daniel Jones's contract. I'm not saying he should accept that, and it should be longer, but, I mean, it's nothing to be like, man, they like, they hate me. Like, no, they gave you a pretty solid offer there. And then you could go resign again if you're as amazing as you think you are. You would have $133 million guaranteed throughout three years. That is so much money. So It's he- so much money, but, uh, again, like looking at the way the quarterback market has been set and reset, we're in 2023. Like, the market's going to keep going up from here. Honestly, it behooved him 
not to get a deal done last year because, again, the market keeps climbing. But let's go back. Let's just quickly explain the situation with Lamar Jackson. We keep hearing the phrase non-exclusive franchise tag, which means, of course, that uh, Lamar Jackson's not exclusive. He can go get offers. He can get an offer sheet signed with another team. But why did they do it? Like, there are no reasons for the Ravens to have applied this non-exclusive franchise tag on Lamar Jackson that aren't selfish. Like, and there's no reason where this actually bodes well for a voting confidence for their relationship. Am I wrong? It's a smart business move, I believe, because no matter what, I don't think they're going to have to pay the contract that Lamar Jackson wanted. But in like the worst case scenario, they just have to pay the contract that Lamar Jackson wanted. But however, even if you get to pay him less and you're like, haha, we didn't have to do a fully guaranteed contract. Now Lamar is going to come back miserable. Like the, the relationship is probably soured. And once he is able to leave, let's say he plays on this non-exclusive tag. Maybe they even tag him again next year, like the Kirk Cousins thing. I just don't know if now he's going to want to sign that long-term contract with them if they don't get it done this offseason. It's just, it's bizarre. So with that non-exclusive franchise tag, Lamar Jackson can go out, prove his value on the market. Uh, And what the Ravens are probably hoping for is that, uh, you know, all of these teams with their lack of interest in the Lamar Jackson deal without the interest in signing him, the Ravens are looking at this like a, ha-ha, see, Like, we told you you're not worth it. And, again, even if they get a long-term deal signed with Lamar Jackson, that still doesn't feel good. Like, it doesn't feel good for their relationship long-term because it feels like there's just going to be a lot of animosity brewing. And I don't know. If I'm Lamar Jackson, I'm not feeling great about the Baltimore Ravens, even if they do come to a head and get a deal done. So what's the best thing for his fantasy outlook? Is there a better scenario than staying with the Ravens? And, like, there's not a lot of opportunities right now, right? Like, the quarterback needy teams, either they're high in the draft or they signed a guy like Derek Carr or Jimmy Garoppolo, which obviously if you had the choice between Lamar or those guys, you would choose Lamar. But those are already done, and you have to think about the money and the compensation part of it, of course. Now – Listen to this crazy idea. We'll get into. I the, love crazy ideas. We'll get into the Carolina Panthers later with their trade, but they did trade for the number one overall pick. Would you rather have Bryce Young slash CJ Stroud or trade that number one overall pick, get Lamar Jackson? Now it's different because you have to pay him. But what would be better? I feel like the Panthers are a team that could trade for Lamar. I think you're crazy because it it is. It's two first round picks, but. Again, they've already given up two first-round picks plus DJ Moore to get that number one. So essentially, you'd be oh, you'd be yeah. giving up um, how many? I don't. I can't even count how many first-round picks that is. Lamar Jackson, he's not worth it. Like that at to that point, he's not worth it for me. But let's say a team like the Tennessee Titans, right? Like I feel like he'd be a really natural fit. In that kind of oh him and Derrick Henry together, I know dream been, team. I know there's been rumors about Derrick Henry and possibly he could be traded. But if you got Lamar Jackson, Derrick Henry together, that would be that would be awesome. I know people were excited last year to watch Malik Willis and Derrick Henry together, but like Malik Willis is like the 
poorest man's version that you could ever come up with for Lamar. Yeah, and he can actually, like, Lamar Jackson can actually throw a football. He can actually play. He can actually play football. The Titans rank ninth in cap space uh, available right now for the 2023 season. I think it'd be a really interesting fit just given their success and willingness to run the ball. And I'm still going to go back to the well over and over and over again for the Atlanta Falcons. Why aren't they in on Lamar Jackson? Because I understand uh, there they are. your boy, Desmond Ritter. I love Desmond Ritter, but if I have the choice between Lamar Jackson and Desmond Ritter, it's 100% Lamar Jackson any given day of the week. And I, I think it would be amazing for Lamar Jackson, too, to play with, I think, what would arguably be the best skilled player group that he's ever played with in his career between Kyle Pitts, Drake London. Uh, like this could be something super special and I don't understand why the the Falcons literally the moment they applied the non-exclusive franchise tag the Falcons social media group tweets out we are not pursuing Lamar Jackson like it was like it was so timely it was as though it was a scheduled tweet yeah it was that was bizarre that part was odd I'll say just to finish up this first topic here with Lamar I I think he ends up staying with the Ravens I I think ends up maybe he plays on the non-exclusive tag and that's unfortunate maybe he'll end up leaving down the road but I really could just see them coming up with a deal now here that if he just comes down from the entire thing being guaranteed I think he wants a massive massive deal which he deserves but he wants it all guaranteed just like Deshaun Watson which is fair but they're not going to do it so if he comes down, gets a lot guaranteed, but not the whole thing, I think they figure it out and he stays with the Ravens. What about you? I think that happens, but Michelle, you asked, um, like for his fantasy outlook, what would be a better spot? And I think this transitions well to our next topic, which is Aaron Rodgers maybe being traded to the Jets sometime. I don't know when, if, like, we have just been waiting on news and neither of these teams have been active in free agency, presumably because they're waiting to see what the hell is going on with Aaron Rodgers. If I'm the jets and this is what Aaron Rodgers is going to be pulling. Uh, yeah. I'm going to be calling up the Ravens. I'm going to be willing to give up my, you know, first two, um, you, my two first rounders. No problem for a guy who's at the beginning of his career, as opposed to a guy who's, literally as we speak contemplating retirement yeah I mean the Jets signing Aaron Rodgers they're saying we need to win the Super Bowl this year or next year and that's all that matters to us and then we'll go fall apart just like the Buccaneers did with Tom Brady the difference is Tom Brady knows how to win Super Bowls and we don't know uh, (laughs) I mean I guess Aaron Rodgers has that one in him but it's not like he's a great playoff quarterback uh, at least at winning I know a lot of that had to do with the Packers defense blah 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 but yeah, I mean, Aaron Rodgers right now is driving everybody crazy, which he absolutely loves to do. But Alan Lazard signed with the Jets today. He says, you know, they're going after Randall Cobb, too, because apparently Aaron Rodgers needs Randall Cobb there. Who knows why? He No, like, can we talk about the fact that he handed off a wish list, a free agent? He Per Diane, Diana Russini, Uh, Aaron Rodgers has provided the New York Jets with a wish list of free agents he'd like them to target and acquire, including Randall Cobb, Alan Lazard, 
Mercedes Lewis, who has to be about 67 years old, and Odell Beckham Jr., who is also demanding $20 million per year per report. Like, this, like, the audacity to provide a wish list before you even sign. Yeah, it's bizarre. But then, does that mean, you know, A, does Aaron Rodgers know that Garrett Wilson's there? Like, relax. Like, I you know. have a <laughs> fantastic, you have the rookie of the year, offensive rookie of the year, wide receiver there. Can, it, like, why do you need Alan Lazard and Randall Cobb so bad? Also, Randall Cobb would then be playing in the slot. Would that be playing over Elijah Moore? Which I know Elijah Moore has shown absolutely nothing, basically. But if you want the upside of someone in the slot, I would much prefer Elijah Moore over Randall Cobb if I were Aaron Rodgers. So that's a whole under, other interesting thing. Would this deal include Elijah Moore going to the Packers? That would make my heart hurt. That would make my heart hurt per report, which is like the phrase of free agency. That's the key buzzword, um, buzz, uh, buzz phrase, I guess. Um, it sounds like they're not open to trading him. And we did this exercise last year when he demanded a trade. They said, yeah, not going to happen, buddy. But – well, I don't think he'd be demanding a trade if Aaron Rodgers is coming to town. I don't think he would, but again, if it, I think it comes down to what his current relationship is with that team. The interesting thing, like Michelle, I just I just checked the ages of Mercedes Lewis and Randall Cobb. They have a combined age of 70 years old. <laughs> 70 years old between the two of them. That is too many years combined between two people. Uh, well, we're a combined 62 years old. Michelle, we don't talk about uh, – let's not make this about ourselves. Like, that 70, 70 years old – I don't old. get why he wants Mercedes Lewis and Randall Cobb. Fine, Alan Lazard, especially if the Jets are, you know, going to move on from Corey Davis. Yeah, that's a nice addition. That's fine. He wasn't too expensive. The whole Randall Cobb and Mercedes Lewis thing is just Aaron Rodgers being Aaron Rodgers <laughs> and being annoying. No, the biggest takeaway. like the mo- He's the biggest troll. He's such a troll. Michelle, the biggest takeaway here for me throughout this whole free agency exercise is once you are on Aaron Rodgers' good side, like you are there for life. He likes like three people in his life and yes. he will love you. Only it's like Aaron Rodgers' top eight. And once you make the top eight, you're there for the rest of your life and you're going to be a millionaire. So let's talk fantasy here for a second, because the the biggest part about this, if Aaron Rodgers signs, yeah, sure. Maybe Aaron Rodgers, you know, gets back to his 2020 and 2021 yourself. And he's good for fantasy again because he actually has weapons now again. But the biggest thing here is Garrett Wilson, right? Yep. Garrett Wilson had some really nice games with any quarterback not named Zach Wilson last year. If he were to get Aaron Rodgers, how high does he go in 2023 redraft fantasy leagues? Are we talking second round pick here? I mean, probably like, right. And I, I think to be totally transparent, I do think that, By the time the NFL season comes, once we've got all of the training camp hype, hype, et cetera, I do think we're going to get to the point where Garrett Wilson becomes too expensive. He's the former offensive rookie of the year. This is a team that I do think has all of the weapons to have a really nice 2023 season. 
I feel like we're going to end up overpaying just for the potential of what if Aaron Rodgers is not just the shell of himself we saw in 2022. What if we see MVP Aaron Rodgers? Like, it's been a while. Are you still in there? Well, I don't know. one year. It, that is a lifetime <laughs> in the it's NFL. One year. Michelle, remember, it's literally been one okay, year. But re- remember Tom Brady in 2019? His last year with the Patriots was really bad, right? And he had no weapons. And then he goes to the Buccaneers. All of a sudden has Chris Godwin and Mike Evans. And shocker, he's good again. So Aaron Rodgers is going to be fine if he goes here. It's not saying like I'm dying to get him in fantasy, but I think his weapons will be really good. Now let me ask you some questions here. In 2023 redraft, obviously things is gonna, are going to change. We are in March. The fantasy season doesn't start till September. But let's say you had to pick one or the other while you're drafting. Garrett Wilson or Amon Ross St. Brown? Oh, I'd probably go with Amon Ross St. Brown. He, I think he feels a little bit safer to me. Am I insane? Like, I honestly, I don't know if that would have been the case if you talked to me, you know, before the start of the legal tampering period when Aaron Rodgers demanded Randall Cobb get a job and and Alan Lazard, like, give my friends jobs. Like, because you know he is a very picky dude and you know what yeah, Aaron Yeah, Rod- but Garrett Wilson's likable. I could see I, him hating Elijah Moore, but. I absolutely agree, but I'm just saying, like, we know that Aaron Rodgers is a guy that can lock in on certain players. Did it with Devontae Adams. Like, once you have that rapport with Aaron Rodgers, then you have that rapport with Aaron Rodgers. And I do worry that, like, I was I was super excited because I thought, you know, maybe Garrett Wilson's going to have 140 targets with Aaron Rodgers in this offense. I don't see that being the case if Randall Cobb is there. Oh, if Randall Al- Cobb's going to do nothing. I agree, but, like, targets are targets, snaps are snaps. And even if it's, uh, you know, a, a small sliver of the snaps, right, that we're seeing some of these – currently existing Jets receivers lose to Alan Lazard, uh, to Randall Cobb. Like, I still think that that eats into the cut of the pie. No, I'm going to be all in. I'm going to be all in. You're going to be drafting him as, like, the second wide receiver off the board. Okay, it's not going to be the second wide receiver. You're going to have still Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, A.J. Brown, uh, Tyreek Hill, Devontae Adams, probably, yeah, Stephon Diggs. Like, there's still going to be a ton of guys. That go before him. He's probably going to be a second round pick. And I'm, o- I think we'll see where I get to. I-, I think I'm okay with looking for the upside. I mean, second year wide receivers, they oftentimes that's the years where they blossom. Yeah. Right. Second, second, third year. I mean, we had um, three games of 20 or more PPR points for Garrett Wilson last year. And that was with horrific quarterback play, a lot of instability, um, had the six most targets among wide receivers. Like, he was the offensive rookie of the year. Like, we're not going to doubt the the talent of the offensive rookie of the year. I'm just cautiously optimistic instead of just averagely optimistic. That's fair. Getting into another wide receiver in the same class, we might as well just jump into it. Chris Olave, he got a new quarterback. Yes, he did. Not one that we like. <laughs> Not one that we're nice about in the slightest. Uh, Derek Carr signs with the Saints. Oh, Lordy. I mean, A, the Saints, like the, the Saints would make this signing. 
Like the Saints just want, they're kind of like the Steelers. They just want to be nine and eight, you know? Yeah. That's kind of their goal. They're content. Yeah. They're like, as long as we have a winning record, we have a chance in this division, especially without Tom Brady there. Like, that's fair. And Derek Carr could certainly bring the Saints to the playoffs to lose a wild card game. Like, that is an option. It's an option. I I don't necessarily think the playoffs are the option. I, I just don't see it happening. But, I mean, you have Chris Olave. You have... Uh, Michael Thomas, who is actually apparently returning, everybody thought he was for sure a gone thing, but I guess Derek Carr sort of reignited his passion with the Saints. <laughs> Go figure. Like, I have to say that Derek Carr bodes pretty well, I think, for just the, the receivers in general. I think uh, there's probably going to be a willingness to to lock into a target like a Chris Olave and – or Michael Thomas. Or I Michael mean, Thomas. Those slants, I feel like Derek Carr can hit those. Like, Derek Carr's a fine passer. I think there's a lot of parts to the quarterback position he's not good at. But passing isn't one of them. Like, he's accurate. He can throw deep. He can like, he can throw all the intermediate, the short. Like, he's a fine passer. He, he's pretty good in that category. So, Michael Thomas should, if he can ever stay healthy, like, he should have a fine year. My biggest issue now is, you know, it looked like, okay, Chris Olave is about to take over this team, and he's going to be the wide receiver one. But we've actually, like, Michael Thomas and Chris Olave, can they both exist on the same team and have great fantasy success? Like, they're both going to be obviously relevant as long as Michael Thomas is healthy, which he never is, so hey. go, go with that. But let's say they're both on the field somehow, and Michael Thomas actually makes it through most of the year. What does that look like, especially for Chris Olave? Because last year it was like him and him only. Yeah, he was he was literally the one and only star. Um, I mean, interestingly, like it, it's not like this was like a pass heavy offense in 2022, uh, tied with the San Francisco 49ers, 512 pass attempts on the season. Uh, like not not exactly ideal from a volume perspective but I do wonder if Derek Carr's ability as a passer um, if his uh, rapport if they ever get there with Michael Thomas like that might be able to fuel some of the volume we saw with you know a guy like uh, Josh Allen right with the Buffalo Bills that was a very low passing off or low volume passing offense Add in Stephon Diggs to the mix, and suddenly that opens everything up, and and the Bills were overly pass-heavy. I could see something similar happen with these Saints that gives you enough volume that, like, there might be enough to go around. And I do think that, unlike the New York Jets, I feel like, uh, you know, Chris Olave, Michael Thomas are probably going to be one of the more, uh, like, valuable receiving duos from from a value perspective wait so you're telling me if you're in the draft next year and you had like let's say you just had to draft your team for next year you're taking chris Olave over garrett wilson yep i just i would take garrett wilson over chris Olave pretty easily now that michael thomas is coming back now again like so this is what's hard because i don't actually if you don't believe if you don't, don't believe michael thomas is capable of being healthy then I get know. out but i still but the thing was it was already questioned before michael thomas came back i still was garrett wilson i still think garrett wilson is going to be the clear cut wide receiver one for the jets no questions asked 
Like, I don't know how you don't think Chris Olave is the clear-cut number one. And, like, I mean, Michael Thomas, I, I get it. He has been a PPR machine when healthy, right? But, like, we know what his shtick is. We know it's it's the slants. We know that's what Michael Thomas brings to the, the situation. Chris Olave, I think, gives you some variability. And I do think that that's going to be – worthwhile to Derek Carr as a quarterback so he can push the ball down well, what we're not going to more. do what we're not going to do <sighs> throughout this offseason is make Derek Carr a fantasy relevant player this year everyone last year was like oh he has Devonta Adams he he could really like push his way into being a really good fantasy quarterback he's such a great pick late in drafts no he's not well Derek he's Carr never going to be he's not a good pick <laughs> let him be he duped everybody. He had uh, in 2021. He was the quarterback 12 in fantasy. Yeah. He played Do fantasy seven points per game. But here's the thing, Michelle. He played 17 games, right? Like a full season. Good for you. Um, the other point that I feel like didn't get brought up at all when we were evaluating his play as a, a you know, for fantasy, was the fact that they played in like 70 games that went into overtime. Yeah. And he was able to pad his stats with uh, a lot of extra playing time that not a lot of NFL offenses got. Like this dude, he, he played a lot of, I don't, I think it was like four games that went into overtime, which was bizarre. Like that, do- <laughs> that doesn't happen. He uh, was the quarterback 20 in fantasy points per game. Russell Wilson scored more fantasy points per game than Derek Carr last year. Jimmy Garoppolo scored nearly identical (laughs) fantasy points per game as Derek Carr last year. So did Carson Wentz. So did Jarrett Stidham, by the way, in his three games. Good for Jarrett Stidham. Derek Carr had an atrocious fantasy season. No. He did, but uh, again, we were baited by, I think, that that QB12 performance in 2021 in 2020 uh 2020 finishes the quarterback 13 he's always been one of these like fringe qb1 qb2 guys and unless you're playing in a league that mandates you play two quarterbacks or a super flex league where uh you have the luxury of starting two quarterbacks if you want like those are the only formats where i would even consider Derek carr in that format, however, like I think Derek Carr's a pretty decent QB two. Like, if he's the second quarterback on your team, I think the floor is relatively safe. And and if you're in a league with someone that believes in Derek Carr, like especially in a super flex league, like go try to get Kirk Cousins instead of Derek Carr. There's like, no way like, anybody would give you Derek Carr is just Kirk. a re- Derek Carr is just a poor man's Kirk Cousins. I I think that's actually a, <laughs> a great. A great comp, but uh, Derek Carr, I do think the opportunities are going to be there for Chris Olave. Ranked fifth among quarterbacks last year in air yards thrown, so like he was pushing the ball down the field. We had plenty of opportunity there, and I I would just rather put my my stock in Chris Olave. But Michelle, I promise you, I'm probably going to have way too much. Michael Thomas on my team. I'm going to have way too much Garrett Wilson. I already know it now talking through this. Now I have a really hard question for you right here. Is Jimmy Garoppolo the poor man's Derek Carr or is Derek Carr 
the poor man's Jimmy Garoppolo. I think Derek Carr is the poor man's Jimmy Garoppolo. You know why? Because oh, Jimmy just turned off the people just turned off the podcast right now. Jimmy Garoppolo actually wins football games. It, maybe it's not his fault that he's winning football games, but like. I think he's a better Well, also, game if you manager. look through every single metric in their careers, Jimmy Garoppolo is just better. Now, they've played in different systems. Don't get me wrong. So, it's different. Uh, but he is just better in, like, every single category. Now, the one thing that they share is neither score as many touchdowns. They're just not – they just don't throw a lot of touchdown I passes. I just don't feel like it. Like, so, it's just – we kind of buried the league here. But Jimmy Garoppolo to the Raiders. So, he's yeah! taking over for Derek Carr. Now – I do think they're very similar type players, right? I, you know, we just love to hate on Derek Carr because just his personality. But they're they're similar type of players. They're good throwers. They make a lot of mental mistakes. Um, I do think Garoppolo will be fine in the Josh McDaniel system. I do think he's a better fit for this system than Derek Carr is. Now, that doesn't say anything about them as quarterbacks. I think Jimmy Garoppolo is just better at just being told what to do, and he just does it, and he's, you know, he makes those shorter plays. He shows and, up. And, and, you know, like, tell me the system, and whatever the system is, I'll, I'll make it work, and especially if Josh McDaniel wants to run, you know, kind of a Kyle Shanahan system, we'll see. But, uh well, they, these two have worked together before. Like, Jimmy Garoppolo uh, played behind Tom Brady when Josh McDaniels was the offensive coordinator for the Patriots. So, like, we know that these two have, like, a rapport. They have an understanding of each other. And Jimmy Garoppolo's experience with that offense, I do think, is going to set him up for more success than maybe we saw with Derek Carr. Like, Derek Carr was starting to find kind of his groove uh, with John Gruden's system, but you stripped it away from him and replaced it with Josh McDaniels, and it didn't work out. So I do think this is a better fit schematically, especially with the fact that, like, this is a guy that's already done it. Yeah, my biggest worry is what this does to Devontae Adams. Now, Devontae Adams is so stinging good that it doesn't really matter who his quarterback is, right? Like, he's going to get it done. So I'm not saying, oh, this might drop Devontae Adams from being a high draft pick in fantasy this upcoming year. Like, no, he's still going to be a high draft pick. He's still going to be fine. The question is, am I willing to pay that high of a draft pick for him? Do I think he's going to be the 1,400-plus receiving yards and the 10-plus receiving touchdown type guy? Does he have that upside? Obviously, as a player, he has that upside. But with Jimmy Garoppolo, will he have that kind of upside this year? And they added Jacoby Myers in free agency. Now, they did trade away Darren Waller to the Giants. That was a surprise that he was going to the Giants there. RIP to Daniel Bellinger, if anyone was excited for the rookie tight end to go into his second season. Michelle, that was you. That was that your, was just you. Your you hope, were excited for Daniel Bellinger. Your hopes and dreams died uh, when you heard that news. But no, so they added Jacoby Myers, but losing Darren Waller there, that kind of evens out, I guess, the targets. You still have Hunter Renfro. Jimmy Garoppolo likes to spread the ball around. It, they're very different quarterbacks in stylistical play. That's stylistical yeah, is that a say, word i think i just made it up and i like <laughs> it what are your thoughts on about Adams with jimmy garoppolo i don't really think it moves the needle all that much for me the only thing like you mentioned he is more willing to spread the ball around like what you like about Derek carr from a fantasy perspective and not not like on his end but on you know picking a a weapon for him to lock in on like he he is he's willing to lock in 
on his main target and throw them the ball seven, eight, nine times per game. And, uh, like, I don't know if Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be willing to do that. But, again, I think Devontae Adams is a good enough receiver that, like, he's going to transcend whichever, whatever Jimmy Garoppolo does. I do think that, you know, I think he's too good not to to draft. And I, I also think that there are going to probably be concerns about Jimmy Garoppolo and, and the target volume. But all things considered, it's kind of a wash for me, especially with the departure of Darren Waller, who's been a relative target hog. So I think his targets, you know, they'll be high. I don't know about 160 targets high. Like this year with Brandon Ayuk, Debo Samuel, George Kittle, with Jimmy Garoppolo playing 70 targets, 68 targets, and 52 targets split between those guys, like almost identical. And you kind of had that the year before too. The three guys, they were split pretty much identical. Yes, Debo Samuel had a fantastic fantasy season in 2021, but that was due to his rushing. So that really didn't have anything to do with Jimmy Garoppolo. When you're looking at last year, Jimmy Garoppolo to Brandon Ayuk is 6.9 air yards per reception. Garoppolo to George Kittle, 6.0. Garoppolo to Debo Samuel, 2.8 air yards per reception. I don't know if you guys understand how tiny that is, um, but that's absolutely absurd. Um, just to throw this out here, Kyle Juszczyk, their fullback, 3.3 air yards per reception. Debo Samuel <laughs> averaged lower than their fullback. But then you're comparing to Derek Carr with Devontae Adams, 9.7 air yards per reception, to Matt Collins, 9.1. That's a large gap between those two players. Now, is that Josh McDaniel's system? Will the air yards go up? Was that just because of Kyle Shan Shanahan? But I'm a little worried it's not just because of Shanahan because Brandon Ayuk's air yards per reception went up to 9.0 with Brock Purdy, again, compared to 6.9 with Jimmy Garoppolo. That's two yards plus different per reception. So it does make me a little nervous. Devontae Adams will be highly involved. He's going to get his targets. But will the yards per reception be close to the same? And you know the touchdowns probably aren't going to be there because nobody on the 49ers scored very many touchdowns with Jimmy Garoppolo, that's for sure. Uh, I hate that you just had this conversation with me because now I feel like I'm nervous. <laughs> like, uh, just considering, I guess, the, the you know, if we're going to lower that volume rate, he's had at least 169 targets in three out of his last five seasons. Um, and he's probably not going to have that touchdown volume, right? Like, uh, 2020, uh, 18 receiving touchdowns. Like, we might be lucky if um, Jimmy Garoppolo even if like, he hits, doubles that. If he hits eight, if he hits eight, eight with Jimmy Garoppolo, I would be like, okay, that's good. Now, he did hit 14 this year with Derek Carr, and um, I don't know how many he caught from Jarrett Stidham, but and Derek Carr is not a big – he's never – I think he's hit 30 touchdowns once in his career, not including this year. I, that's insane he didn't hit 30, and Devontae Adams had 14 touchdowns. But so, like, maybe Devontae Adams is just a difference maker. He's just so good that I like I, I don't want to bet against him because I think he's he's just too good now. Like, but when you're looking at him compared to the other top guys, like, it wouldn't even be a question. Jamar Chase, I'm taking Jamar Chase. I'm taking Tyreek Hill. Now, then you get down to like the Stephon Diggs or Devontae Adams. It becomes questionable. But I think in that case, I would lean Diggs just because Jimmy Garoppolo scares me. I love that you have. Diggs is like this low end 
wide receivers. I'm talking about elite wide receivers here, right? Like I'm talking I know, about elite but like wide receivers. To have Stefan Diggs as like the the um the chump of that group. He's been um just a, a top seven wide receiver each of the last three seasons. Like don't don't throw Stefan Diggs's name AJ around Brown, like that. I'm taking AJ Brown or Devontae Adams. My my point is that Devontae Adams is gonna go really high and you're going to be deciding between these elite wide receivers or him. I'm going to take the other elite wide receivers over him. That's just my point. I'm not saying I'm going to take a Drake London or like I'm not gonna get cute here. I'm just okay. a little worried. That's all. That's totally fair. I do like I don't know what the vibes are like, and I know that's a weird thing to care about for fantasy, but what are the vibes going to be like? I don't know. We keep seeing these messages where Devontae Adams is like, don't ask me how I feel about these things. Like, if if you're feeling good about them, you'd probably just be like, let's go, bro. Can't wait to get to work. Like, that's the prototypical tweet that you see when, you know, somebody's welcoming a teammate on Twitter. And all Devontae Adams has said is, like, don't at me asking how I feel about this. Like, it's weird. I I think he meant don't uh, don't be texting me asking about Aaron Rodgers is what it seems like. He tweeted back and said, like, it's not what it it seems like. Just people hitting me up about stuff that, like, they don't need to know about. Like, I, I think it's about people asking about Aaron Rodgers. And I'm sure he doesn't even know. But and then he wrote, like, Jimmy, let's get to work something i don't know so i uh, he's just there's a lot of dramatic people in the nfl and they like to just say tweets to get people worked up and then act like oh i don't i don't mean it like that like you guys are stupid for thinking (laughs) it's like maybe just be more transparent and everything would be easier uh really quickly here before we move on from the conversation jacoby myers like no like i want nothing to do with him in fantasy next year he was in a prime situation with the patriots he was the clear-cut wide receiver one there was nobody else to target and then he was a viable fantasy option in that situation you now put him with Devonte adams and hunter Renfro, and no yeah jimmy garoppolo just now all right moving on it's kind of it's perfect because jimmy garoppolo per- perfect jimmy Garoppolo finally leaves the 49ers i know 49ers fans are just relieved to finally have that man just go away just go away thank you for all you've done but it's been long enough and thank you for finally leaving but we got they got good news the 49ers nation did brock purdy had surgery and it ended up just being the repair so it's expected to be a six-month recovery and apparently after six months, he should be good to go. I think that's far too optimistic. Mm-hmm. They're saying, you know, in three months, he'll start to be able to throw. In six months, he'll be good to go, which six months would bring us to about the middle of September. So still not really ready for week one. Like, listen, I, I think this whole timeline is way too optimistic. And I think he starts on the pup list. And he's out for the first, uh, what is it now, four weeks? Did they change? It used to be six, so they changed it to four. Either way, he's out for the first four to six weeks, I believe. Yeah, I've, I'm. And this is just me speculating. This is not. I am not a doctor. Yeah, I'm not. <laughs> like, yeah, I just, he could, you know, maybe he plays week one. We have no idea, but this is me speculating. If I had to guess, I think he starts on the pup list. I also, it, it just makes me consider from like a, you know, a longevity standpoint, if you are looking at Brock Purdy as your answer at quarterback, do you rush him back? Because I feel like you wouldn't. And 
like I don't know. I think you want him to have a very successful rehab process and not necessarily worry about week one. But I mean, yeah, that's the bigger question. Like they signed Sam Darnold to a one year deal. <laughs> barf. Barf. Um, but like it's an insurance policy, right? Like Sam Darnold, not a great starting quarterback, like maybe a decent backup quarterback, especially in a quarterback friendly system like Kyle Shanahan has. But the question here of, of all of this is what the hell is going on with Trey Lance and what are the chances that he is still a San Francisco 49er at the start of the season? Because I feel like it's high, but I also feel like it's not. And I'm confused. I mean, right now it feels like if they, you know, after they had surgery, if they're like me and not, and they're just being realistic – Brock Purdy is not going to be ready to go, especially in training camp, and then probably not for week one. So they need – it can't just be Trey Lance and nobody else. And Okay, but do you literally – like, so I guess this is the question. Is are, are the 49ers, as an organization, officially committed to Brock Purdy as their starting quarterback? It, it sounds like it. It really does. So I think they give him time to come back from surgery. Now, the biggest worry for a guy like Brock Purdy, if he were to start on the pup list – Trey Lance starts week one and shows out. He starts week two, shows out, and the team's doing well, and he looks great. No, you're not going to then bench Trey Lance, who you traded three first-round picks for, and all of this conversation. Like, no. Then at that point, Trey Lance is going to get the job until, you know, he gets hurt again, and then Brock Purdy comes back in. Like, the 49ers quarterback situation is never going to be figured out. I've come to the conclusion that – there's just so anytime you think you have it down, there's going to be the next injury and another man's going to walk in. Like, would it be shocked if next year goes Trey Lance, he looks good, and then gets hurt, and then it goes Brock Purdy comes back from injury, and then he gets hurt, and then Sam Darnold comes back to life because he's in the Kyle Shanahan <laughs> system now and he brings him the glory. Comeback player of the year, yeah. 2023. Yeah, no, like, I get it. They cannot have what happened to them last year ever happen again. You need to have three quarterbacks that – can play at all times apparently when you're the 49ers listen the goal here i think for the sam darnold signing it was very little money the goal is that he never sees the field but he's safety net he's a backup for when brock purdy is kind of you know recovering still i think this is trey lance week one and it's his job he was a very early pick with a lot of high upside like, I get it. You don't have a lot of experience in the slightest, and you still don't because you haven't been able to play in the NFL, really. But you got to just show out. Like he's you, played just – or he's had – For your career here it would be if you if you get the first few weeks to start, you're playing for your career. But also, if he's not going to start the first few weeks, like, the 49ers need to do him a solid and trade him. Yeah. I could see – I mean, let's say Brock Purdy really this – this recovery is absolutely perfection at three months. He starts throwing the ball and they come to training camp and they're like, you know what? Like he's going to maybe not ready by week one, but he'll be ready by week two, week three. We can start Sam Darnold for a couple weeks and be okay. And then we have our guy Brock and that's, and then maybe in the summertime you see them trade train Trey Lance. But I think those are the really only two options for the 49ers is you're going to give Trey Lance a chance to come back and, you know, make his career in the beginning of the season or you need to trade him before people see that he really can be nothing at all like right now he's still a question mark like could he be great like people thought he might be able to coming out you don't know still yet like keep that to yourself or i don't know 
Yeah, I. You got to give them the chance or trade them. I agree, well, he and still I think has some value. No, you're not going to get first round picks back, but you can. S- people, t- the Cardinals traded Josh Rosen after the worst rookie season of all time and got a second round pick for him, and then Sam Darnold has three straight up the worst years of life. Just straight guard, like he's the worst quarterback in the league for three years, and he gets traded for a second round pick and a third. Right. Like, like they could still get at least a second round pick for Trey Lance. So if you want, if you don't want him and you want to move on with Brock Purdy, then do that. In each of the four games, uh, we actually saw Brock Purdy get like extended time. Uh, in each of the four games that he had at least eighteen pass attempts, he had thirty one or more rushing yards. Like twenty twenty one week five against the Arizona Cardinals, sixteen rush attempts for eighty nine yards. Like. From a fantasy perspective, oh, that is awfully tasty. If you're playing a dynasty, like I that's, lo- that's love my question. to go trade for him for cheap. I mean, the, yeah, don't go trade up. You're trading for him on the cheap, especially now people think the Sam Darnold signing means something. Like maybe it does. Maybe I don't think it does. Maybe it does. But anyways, his value is so low right now. Just go grab him, on the, especially in Superflex leagues. This is a perfect time to go trade for him because even if he were to get traded to a new team, that would mean he has an opportunity somewhere else. And those four games you were talking about, 22 points, 22 points, 17 points, and then one 12-pointer. So, like, these rushing quarterbacks just have such a safe floor even if they're not very good in game. Yeah, and they, I think, like, this, again, kind of like these NFL teams, it feels like this is the time to buy or sell him. Like, uh sell him on your dynasty if you're not a believer in trey lance like this is the time to move on from him while there are some believers yes like i mean trey lance like like, 22 years old he's not even 23 years old yet uh last month in the month of february on dynastyleaguefootball.com uh was drafted on average as the quarterback 14 so he's being drafted as a quarterback two 22 years old we know he's got unlimited upside to the moon the question is all situation based and i mean again like it's it's a really limited sample size even in college this dude hasn't played a ton of football but the hope is that you know you're you're gonna sit and you're gonna learn and hopefully you've absorbed a lot in your time as a 49er even if it had been on the bench but some recent trades trey lance straight up for geno smith i was actually going to ask that question so that's so weird and i'm taking trey lance in that situation pretty easily now this one can't even be real trey lance straight up for dawson knox i that can't be a real trade i just don't want to believe that's real these are real trades uh these are all real trades um how about trey lance for dj moore and the 207 in the 2023 rookie draft this is super flex yes Oh, that's really close. I can't pick that one. I can't pick that one. It probably depends on, like, team needs. But yeah. the the whole point that I'm trying to make here is that, like, it feels like there's some value there I, to be had for Trey Lance. In a super flex league, I was in a lot of need for a second quarterback or, like, just quarterback depth, really. I had pick 111, so I went and traded pick 111 for Trey Lance because at that point, all of the rookie quarterbacks – 
that matter are going to be gone. Now, this is a rookie pick draft for those listening. So pick 111 is just among the 2023 rookies that are in this upcoming draft. All the top quarterbacks are going to be gone. So I would rather take a chance on Trey Lance than um, a chance on one of the other quarterbacks. I just really needed to get some quarterback depth. But I like that. Uh, talking about quarterback trades here. Man, we're really good at these transitions. Yeah. I'm like killing it, it here. The Panthers trade up to the number one overall pick to grab a quarterback, of course. Like, that's what we all think they're going to do because that's obviously what they're going to do. The Bears move down to pick number nine. They get they get a lot of draft picks, plus they get DJ Moore. So, A, let's just start here. Who Wait is- a minute. We have breaking news here on the podcast, Michelle. Should we – yeah, what is the breaking news? Now I need to know. David Montgomery is signing with Detroit oh, Lions. Oh, no. Wow. It is Khalil Herbert time. And what a weird. Whoa. I uh, say Bears and Bears news pops up. Wow. That was that was really, really bizarre. Okay, yeah. but so it is Khalil Herbert time for sure. I mean, we'll see if they add any running backs. But, we, you know, we like Khalil Herbert. And. That's fun that right now he's the starter. Love that for My him. My head just but exploded. The Lions now, <laughs> they have no faith in DeAndre Swift. Is this worse Is this worse for Swift than having Jamal Williams there last year? Like, what one's worse, David Montgomery or Jamal Williams? Or is it just the same? No, I think David Montgomery is probably worse. Like, you look at Jamal Williams, right? And Montgomery's able to catch the ball. He's able to catch the ball, and I do think he's going to have a broader role than, you know, being – you know, a, a red zone guy. Like, that was Jamal Williams's. Yeah, goodbye to Jamal shtick. Williams' fantasy. Uh, well, Jamal Williams, he's value. also a free agent. So, well, like, yeah. who knows where he ends up? Well, no, I'm just saying you needed him then back up at the Lions because they gave him one gazillion carries near the goal line. And that's his, his entire job. <laughs> and no matter what Swift did, he could get them down to the one inch line. They're like, hey, Jamal, go ahead, go get the touchdown. Yeah, like, they, they, that was his role within this offense. I'm surprised the Lions didn't want to bring back Jamal. Like, I felt like he was the heartbeat of that locker room. A hundred percent. But I'm shocked they didn't bring him back. When you lead the NFL in touch, right? Uh, Jamal Williams led the NFL, I think, in rushing touchdowns. It was um, close. 17, yeah. 17 rushing touchdowns. But 33 carries inside the red zone. The second most belonged to Ezekiel Elliott. He had 19. So, like, that just shows you how much opportunity Jamal Williams actually got there. And oh I do think. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, that's. What, it's 14 crazy. 14 more carries in the second most. That's that, wild. Like, and that is a very specific role that he carved out for himself. David Montgomery, I don't. It, like, I think he's going to have a much more versatile role than Jamal Williams had. I definitely think the bigger threat here is David Montgomery, though maybe, maybe there's some. Uh, you know, like love spread around in, in the touchdown department. Like that's, I think our hope for it's, DeAndre it's Swift right now. But Panther is just Panthers running backs, man. When you get excited about one, they just never pan out. Like Swift, carry on Johnson. Uh, you keep going further back, but that's just where I'm going to end. Cause that's where my brain ends. Apparently. Yeah. Uh, but let's get back to this trade, but that is fun. David Montgomery. We haven't heard a ton of fantasy news and free agency. So that's one of them. That's, that's, uh, that's interesting, but the Panthers 
They trade up. They trade away DJ Moore to the Bears. So who in the world is this rookie quarterback going to be throwing to with the Panthers? Nobody. So um, they have Paris Marshall <laughs> uh, and LaVisca Chenault. So here's the thing about this trade, right? Like, I get it. The Panthers have been looking for their answer at quarterback, and they haven't found it, and they've just been kind of stuck in this pit since Cam Newton. Like, they just haven't found an answer. But, I mean, the problem is that the Panthers just became the Bears. Like, we were complaining all last season about the fact that, okay, so the Bears make this investment in Justin Fields, put some rookies or put some weapons around him, like get him a true wide receiver one. Well, the the Panthers literally just traded scenarios with the Bears because now the Panthers are going to make this investment in a quarterback, and there's literally nobody in the room. Uh, they don't even have a running back. They don't have a – yeah, Deontay <laughs> Foreman, free agent, um, Christian McCaffrey traded to the 49ers, like – this offense is entirely barren. So, like, Terrace Marshall, former second-round tight end. Like, like have, Tommy <sighs> Tremble, yeah, like, maybe he has some hope. But this is a brutal situation for a rookie quarterback to walk into. It, it just is. Uh, may, I mean, there's still a lot of time. Like, maybe they trade for someone. We'll see what signings they make. There's not a lot of great wide receivers left. Like, Juju Smith-Schuster is pretty much what you're looking at. Maybe there's uh, rumors that Adam Thielen's Adam visiting. Yeah, but I mean he's old, right? So, but he would be a, a fine addition for a rookie. But you still need uh, a better wide receiver one for this rookie to come into. We'll see who they take. The rumors surrounding them right now are C.J. Stroud. I lo- I really like C.J. Stroud. I'm worried about him going here because I don't want him to go somewhere with no weapons whatsoever. You're just not setting him up for success. Yeah. And, again, we saw this with Justin Fields, which I, I think it's so funny that this trade was with the Bears just because of the symmetry of the situation. But, like, Justin Fields, I would argue, I, I still would argue, I would take him over the quarter, the rookie quarterbacks in this class here. And you're, you're just giving them – garbage you're building a foundation on garbage and I think it's going to be really hard for them to evaluate CJ Stroud whether it be Bryce Young whether it be Anthony Richardson like it's going to be really hard for them to evaluate that rookie quarterback if this is the casting characters like transcendent prospect Trevor Lawrence couldn't overcome the cast of weapons that he oh, had and around the worst him. coach and the worst NFL coach history. who literally kicked their kickers <laughs> like a shout out to urban Meyer wherever you are because you had the most bizarre coaching tenure I've ever heard in my life don't kick your coworkers. like I don't know how to don't kick your employees <laughs> like just life advice for anybody listening but Like, just a very weird situation, but even a a situation that a generational prospect couldn't overcome, I'm not going to put my stock in any of these rookie quarterbacks to be good enough to overcome this. But good for Justin Fields, because he just got DJ Moore, baby. Yeah, it's really great for Justin Fields. I, I, I I mean, adding anyone right now, but especially someone of talent of DJ Moore, I don't think it's the same level of a Stephon Diggs or an AJ Brown, but I still think it's a really, really amazing ad. 
for Fields to just improve as a passer and just like hopefully they can build up that offensive line even more. And Justin Fields should take a step forward this next year as a passer. Love him for fantasy, obviously. But is this good for DJ Moore in fantasy? Is it changing anything? Um, I mean, I definitely think Fields is better than a Sam Darnold or a Baker Mayfield. But will there be a, a ton of targets? Will there be a lot of scoring opportunities for him? DJ Moore never scores touchdowns. Was that just because he was stuck with the Panthers? There's a lot of questions here. You know, the the Bears love to run it. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think it could bode well for his efficiency. I also think that, you know, an asset like DJ Moore in the passing game gives you more incentive to pass. Like I mentioned with, with you know, Stephon Diggs going to the Bills. Like, Stephon Diggs gave them incentive to pass. Now, do I think DJ Moore is a better wide receiver than Stephon Diggs? No. But I still think he's really good, and he gives them incentive to pass. Um, I, you know, from a volume perspective, it wasn't there last year. Like, the, the passing volume was – non-existent for the Bears. I mean, Justin Fields, he ran or did nothing. They were the only team in the NFL with fewer than 400 pass attempts. They had 377. But for Justin Fields, it doesn't really matter because he's got his legs. I, DJ Moore, I think it's largely a lateral move. But does he get more than I, 135 targets? Like, he got 135 targets in 2019, 1,175 yards, and that was with a good catch percentage. Or like, decent 65 percent 13.5 yards per reception in 2021 he had 163 targets 1157 yards like catch percentage was low because he was dealing with terrible quarterback play and you know never a big touchdown score two four four and then seven last year was his career high i I guess it depends on where he's going, but like this move doesn't make me say, oh, I need DJ Moore in fantasy. I think it's great for Justin Fields. I think it's great for the Bears. For DJ Moore, it's kind of just the same as if he was still with the Panthers. Yeah, I, I think it's a total lateral move, but it, it does make me want to go all in on Justin Fields. Like, I wouldn't at all be surprised if Justin Fields was a top five quarterback in 2023. Um, but like, like, like no, I agree with you. Yeah. yeah for, well, obviously you agree with me. Um, but DJ Moore, his ceiling's never been super, super high. Um, just in general, again, can you blame the quarterback, et cetera? Sure. But DJ Moore, I think what we're offsetting in terms of like, okay, so you get an upgraded quarterback, but it's a low pat, like, I think all of that kind of cancels out, and you're probably going to get the same DJ Moore who's averaged just over 13 fantasy points per game, uh, just 24% of his games as a wide receiver one, a top 12 wide receiver for fantasy over the last three seasons. Like, that's not great. It's, it's, not, it's not super fantastic, so I'm just I'll, – I'll let him sit there. Yeah, probably. It's better for real life, I think, than – than for fantasy before we let you guys go we wanted to give you a little something what to keep an eye on this week in the nfl football world now i was going to say running backs have been uh, awfully silent in free agency but we got that fun breaking news during this podcast that 
you know, finally got some news. David Montgomery is going to the Lions, but there's still a lot of quarterbacks or running backs out there that haven't been signed yet. Yeah, we had Rashad Penny. He signed with the Eagles. No, we are there. Yeah. We are Rashad Penny Listen, fans, guys. Absolutely love Rashad Penny. Don't get me wrong. He's another guy that just needs to stay in the field. And I love that landing spot for him. I absolutely love it. Samaj P. Ryan signed with the Broncos. That was a surprise. I thought the Bengals were going to keep him, but all right, fine, whatever. Jeff Wilson and Raheem Mostert re-signed with the Dolphins. That's interesting. Will they not be going with a running back anytime early in the draft? We all, you know, well, I guess they didn't have a first-round pick for Bijan, but still, that would have been a fun landing spot for him. Yeah. But then you have a lot of these big names left. You have Miles Sanders, who apparently was replaced, replaced by Rashad Penny. You still have Devin Singletary, Damian Harris, Kareem Hunt, now Jamal Williams, now that we know he's – I mean, it would be weird if he were to go back to the Lions now. Deontay Foreman. Who yeah, was... Deontay Foreman, like, who had a nice couple last years here. There's just not enough gigs, though, for all these guys. So definitely keep an eye on these names because where they land, it's not only going to affect them, but other running backs, whatever team they go to. So we'll get into that news next week once we hopefully have these signings. We'll get into the other signings for some wide receivers that might sign Hopefully to God that Aaron Rodgers makes a decision by next if, week. If we're sitting here next week talking oh. and Aaron Rodgers has still not made a decision. <laughs> I am no taking I would, a shot. Yeah, I I mean I'm gonna need a shot before that podcast because I'm gonna sound off. <laughs> but All I, right. Well that is it for today's podcast. Hit us up on Twitter. You can find me, Michelle, at Ball Blastem. Ball Blast E M. And you can find me, Kate, at Kate Majuk. Bye, y'all. Bye.